Welcome to the Decent Crypto Podcast. Today is Tuesday, May 10th, and we are in for an emergency episode. Matt, crypto is dead. It is. <laughs> uh, are you looking for a job yet? Uh, you know, I'm scared, uh, but I'm not looking for a job yet. Okay, like, it's uh, not job hunting season yet. I mean, look, I'm all in stables. I'm good. All in stables, meaning all in stable NFTs? Or, <laughs> uh, I'm in MFers. They're the most stable NFT out there. True, true. They only um, go down 1% a day. Very stable. <laughs> um, man, what a 24 hours this has been. Luna going through some real turbulence. People saying this reminds them of Mount Gox. People have been saying that? Yes. Kobe said that. He's wow. like, if you want to know what the Mount Gox unwind felt like, this last 24 hours was it. Wow. Azuki trying its best to kill the NFT market. Yeah, effectively the entire sector. <laughs> trying to kill the entire sector. Yeah, I mean, you listen to the Twitter spaces where the guy was asking, like, do you think that this has set back the entire Web3 ecosystem? And the guy's like, yeah, I think a little bit. Yeah, might have. <laughs> hey, I'm look man we're gonna let's just talk about it all let's talk it. about it all which one do you want to do first you want Luna, to do Luna Luna let's talk about Luna Luna has uh unquestionably a way bigger impact on the ecosystem at large can we Matt, can we put some numbers to it like uh so well let's talk about what happened uh yeah uh, let's talk about what happened. Okay, so to I'll give the high high level breakdown, and then we'll get into the specifics. So, generally, Luna is a protocol that lets you mint new assets using its uh, native token, Luna. Yeah, it's uh, Terra it, is the name of the actual ecosystem. Luna is the name of the token. Yeah. We did a whole deep dive on this topic, so go check that out. But that's how it works. Its main product is this stablecoin, this algorithmic stablecoin called UST. Now, over time, Luna, Terra has, Terra Luna, right? Anytime I say Luna, I'm just referring to the protocol. <clears throat> over time, it's become so big that uh, UST is one of the biggest stablecoins in all of DeFi. It has built up this uh, treasury of other assets as well, including Bitcoin and AVAX. And it's generally held a stable peg of one UST to one dollar. This broke a little bit during uh, the crash last year in May. I think it went down to like 82, 83 cents or something like that. But that's when the ecosystem was way smaller. It was, I think, maybe even less than a billion dollars in total market cap. And uh, it depegged a little bit very briefly during that one day when the prices just went haywire. Right. So there's this mint and burn mechanism between Luna, the native taken token of the Terra ecosystem, and UST. Um, and when prices are tanking like that, there could be this kind of... Uh, death spiral is what they call it, uh, where the price of Luna is going way down and uh, the redemption causes this DPEG in uh, the UST, right? This is very high level stuff. We did a whole deep dive on how this works. Uh, so if you want all the details, you can check it out, right? Over the past week or so, UST be, uh, has begun to DPEG. A little bit right so maybe like four or five days ago initially it depegged down to 98 cents um, and then this weekend when the whole market just went completely haywire right uh, we saw these massive drawdowns in one day uh, UST completely depegged right it went down to as low as 64 cents I want to say um, and uh, People were really questioning, uh, you know, what? what is going on here? Um, so that's that is the course of events that led to the Luna Foundation stepping in, right? So does that all track so far? Uh, yeah. So um, 
So basically, all the prices went down, and UST depegged from the one dollar price point. Mm-hmm. I guess my question is like, like initially, why? Yeah. So I think this is all a <clears throat> result of the fact that of how the redemption mechanism or how UST is created in the first place, right? Um, so when the price of Luna is going down that much, right, the way you create new UST is you have to burn Luna. And the way you uh, redeem UST uh, is you have to... Burn the UST to mint new Luna. Burn so, the UST and mint new, new Luna. Yeah, exactly. and this, this is a core part of how the Terra blockchain is built, is to allow for this kind of like synthetic minting and burning of like synthetic assets, right? So... Mm-hmm. Uh, at the start of each block, you have like a price mm-hmm. uh, for each of the un- or for each of the like underlying things that that uh, people want a price for. Uh-huh. In this case, uh, Luna per dollar. Right. Uh, and then within that block, you can you can burn a dollar's worth of Luna to mint a UST, uh, or you can burn one UST and receive a dollar's worth of Luna. At the price that's like specified at the start of that block, right? Right. So somehow you need to get the price of Luna so you can get a dollar's worth of Luna either one way or the other way. Yeah. Right. Uh, and that that's the the core part of the protocol that allows for you to have these synthetic assets mm-hmm. is, is that like in every block you get the price. Uh, yeah. And, and, and so in theory, there's an arbitrage opportunity, right? Where mm-hmm. if the price of UST goes down to say 98 cents, you can buy one UST for 98 cents, uh, then you can burn it and receive $1 worth of Luna. So you've put in 98 cents, you get a dollar's worth of Luna out, you sell it on the open market and collect the two cents. Right. Um, what happened this go around? Well, the prices crashed a little too hard. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Look, this is the way I'm going to put it. Mm-hmm. Why don't you tell the listener how it actually unfolded? Yeah, so um, so there was like a, a Luna, like effectively like an, an improvement like protocol, like uh, like an EIP, but like for Luna, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, around the time of the last crash about a year ago. Uh, mm-hmm. And uh, I want to say it was Jump Trading that actually put forward this idea, uh, which was that we need to cap the amount of daily redemptions like that can happen uh, on the blockchain itself uh, because we need to have higher liquidity in uh, like off chain than we have on chain. Otherwise this Oracle mechanism could, could break and that could cause issues. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's capped at like not that high, right? Yeah, I want to yeah. say it's like 150 it's million. It's 150 per day. million per day. Yeah, uh, and so you hit that maximum, and then you can no longer burn the UST to receive a dollar's worth of Luna. Yeah. Um, so that that's one big part of it. Um, so that's I guess you could think of it as like one place where the liquidity is is dry now relative to where it was a week ago, mm-hmm. right? Uh, you know, if you're trying to do this burn thing and you can't, that's like one exit for. US, you know, you can think of it as constantly like a, like a stable swap between UST and whatever a dollar's worth of Luna is th- at that point. Um, yeah. And that's like a liquidity mechanism that you no longer have access to. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was another issue, and this primarily like happened on Saturday uh, when like everyone was monitoring like the curve pools. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there was a, a, a like a large uh, swap uh, in one of the pools that had UST pegged to some to some other stables. Yeah, and people basically removed the it, it sort of removed the liquidity for UST there. Yeah, they removed what like three hundred and fifty million dollars worth of UST, right? Yeah. Now I I want to say that this happened conveniently after like I, I think the the Luna Foundation Guard was transferring UST from one pool to another. Right. Uh, I think they were preparing for this this four pool thing. Yeah. Uh, and I, I guess it was like supposed to go through soon, which should have a three billion dollar like Luna or UST supply in mm-hmm. it. Um. So they started removing liquidity here to put it over there. Uh, and then there were only 300 million uh, necessary to like clean it out. Yeah. Uh, 
Whereas, like, in, uh, you know, if it had gone into, like, the four pool, like, you would have, like, three billion. It's a lot harder to, like, manage that much capital to, like, right. uh, to, like uh, mess with the market. Mm-hmm. So you have two places where, like, liquidity for UST and something else has sort of dried up. Yeah. And so what does that lead to? Um, so there are two kinds of effects going on here, right? Uh-huh. The first one is that UST, is, it depegs a little bit, right? Okay. Uh, let's say somebody dumps a bunch on a centralized exchange. Yeah. So this is actually what happened, right? I, I think of... this is what allegedly happened. <laughs> uh, but, it, but if you look at the fact pattern, it, it's justified by the facts, yeah. right? Uh, well, no, like, I mean, there is a con- oh, there's a whole conspiracy, but I think there actually was a bunch of UST sold, right? On, on Binance. Binance. Yeah, there, there was. a Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, it's But it's still sort of like uh, allegedly in terms of like, we don't know if this was one concerted effort yes. or, or what the heck happened, mm-hmm. right? But um, but the, the fact pattern looks something like this. Uh, UST uh, like loses its liquidity and curve, mm-hmm. right? Um and then a whole bunch of UST gets sold on uh, on Binance. Yeah, People, that causes UST to like the price at least that shows up when you go to Binance.com. It looks mm-hmm. like it's at like ninety eight cents per UST now, right? Um, yeah, just in a generalized sense, right? Lack of liquidity combined with a ton of selling will lead to the price going down. Yeah. Uh, well, so here's the thing, right? Uh, Removing the UST liquidity in curve mm-hmm. um, doesn't like you know if you're if you're trying to swap like say you have some UST mm-hmm. and you want to sell it there's still liquidity for you on the other side of this trade sure. right uh, and so it doesn't impact you in that direction the direction that it impacts you in is let's say you see that like UST can be bought at ninety eight cents right mm-hmm. you want to swap it for or you want to buy it. Now on chain you can't do that because there's no UST sitting in this curve. Pool. Right, right. Um, and so that's like the the sort of market balancing mechanism is hindered there because there's no way to acquire that UST to buy it and then burn it for a dollar's worth of Luna and restore the peg that way. So the way it affects you is in the price. Uh, yeah, but that uh, but it's a little bit like it's a little bit counterintuitive, right? Because you would say, okay, well, if you have some UST and you want to sell it, you don't have to sell it at you know you can a burn it, but then uh you know if the, even even if the burn cap is reached, you can bridge it to Ethereum and swap it on Curve. Yeah. Uh, and you should get like roughly one to one there, uh, mm. not like ninety eight cents. So that the like withdrawing of the UST from the Curve pool didn't initially cause an issue for someone who wanted to sell UST. It caused an issue for someone who wanted to buy UST. I see. Okay. Um, and so the liquidity is actually like a, a drying up of the asks, right? Uh, not of the bids, which is what would usually drive a market down is like, if nobody wants to bid this asset, then like, you know, then the price goes down. Okay. So here it, it has directly to do with like the ability in that initial time period for someone to come in as a market maker, buy UST on curve, mm. send it, you know, bridge it over to Luna, swap it for a dollar's worth of Luna and sell that Luna on the open market. Gotcha. Collect, collecting that arbitrage and pushing the UST price back up. They wanted to buy UST because the arbitrage opportunity, uh, but they couldn't because there was no UST in the curve pool. Oh, Interesting. Yeah, it's super counterintuitive, right? And it, and it was a short-term thing, right? So by the by the end of Saturday, like the I want to say that the the pool had roughly like you know gotten gone back to balance, right? Mm-hmm. But it was just enough to sort of freak people out a little. Bit. Yes. So. So why did the DPEG continue so hard? Um. So the like throughout all of this, you've basically seen people or a person or an entity or whatever, you've seen like large volumes of UST getting sold on centralized exchanges. And I I think Binance is like really the main venue where this is happening. Mm -hmm. Um, The issue with UST, right, is that it's sort of an unproven mechanism. If you don't believe that the, that the burn mint mechanism is, is going to bring this thing back to a dollar's worth of value. Yeah. You're a little worried, right? Mm -hmm. Then you compound that with like this anchor yield, Right, which yeah. everyone has, which a lot of people have been saying, oh, it's a Ponzi, it's unsustainable. You know, you you can't earn twenty percent on your stablecoins forever. Yeah, uh, and people psychologically are primed to believe that this thing might break, mm-hmm. that it might just death spiral and go to zero. Yeah, 
Um, and then there's a, one more issue, which is the, the lack of liquidity on the other side, which is being able to burn the UST and, uh, and claim Luna you know, at the $1 uh, rate. Um, because there's so such little on-chain liquidity for that venue, um, it means that people that want to get out, they, they basically have to take whatever price they can get somewhere else. I see. So it's right. a bit of a bank run. I would say a bank run is exactly the, the right way to describe it. Okay. So Luna went through a bank run yesterday, and it is still alive, is my takeaway. So uh, yeah. bullish. Now, so interesting. We haven't even seen we haven't seen any issues with the blockchain itself. Mm-hmm. And short of like the ability for uh, people, like you know, uh, just like you can o- you can only do 150 million a day in like UST like uh, claims, right? But uh, but that part works and has worked at an oracle rate of roughly a dollar, right? Uh, it hasn't hasn't depegged at all uh, within l- the Luna blockchain itself. Yeah, it's just that like at 150 million. This is kind of a slow-going thing, right? Uh, yeah. And so, um, when you have this period of like wide uncertainty, people they want to sell now. Um, and so, what happened with the whole like what are the, what's the theory with the whole Bitcoin thing? I haven't been following this one as closely. Well, so let's look at what the Luna Foundation did, right, and yeah. what they said. So, two days ago. They had this tweet where this is when the peg had not even broken this hard yet, right? I think it was maybe at around 98 cents, somewhere around there. They said, over the past several days, market volatility across crypto assets has been significant. The market turmoil is also reflected by the past week's macro uh, uncertain macro conditions across legacy asset classes. Relative to Terra, UST has experienced notable directional flow over the weekend, similar volatility in both Luna and BTC, yada, yada, yada. As a result, the LFG Council has voted to execute the following. Loan $750 million worth of BTC to OTC trading firms to help protect the UST peg. Then, loan $750 million UST to accumulate BTC as market conditions normalize. Uh, the traders will trade the capital, yada, 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 right? So basically they're saying uh, they're like getting rid of their Bitcoin here. Um, so uh, this was something that they did uh, to restore the peg of UST. How does this help restore the peg of UST? You know, I was a little confused by this as well. Um, I think it's basically in a similar manner to how, uh, like, burning uh, Luna or... or, um, Burning UST to mint Luna. Exactly, yeah. Uh, Would work. Um, But I'm not... Yeah, yeah, (laughs) I'm really not sure. So maybe... Okay, here's my my idea of this, right? They have this treasury of Bitcoin... Uh, maybe they're selling the Bitcoin to acquire UST to try and yeah, they're they're uh, basically when they say they're loaning it, I think they're basically just selling it. I, I, I don't know if they're how that loan is gonna work, right? To basically use that Bitcoin to sell that Bitcoin for UST to try and support the UST peg. Does that make sense? Um. Yeah, I, I, that's sort like of how, if they're that's injecting how, if they're that, injecting seven hundred and fifty million dollars worth of liquidity into UST, right? That would help, in theory, uh, support the the ecosystem, right? Yeah, I guess. Um, I, yeah, in terms of like increasing liquidity, like it's it's got to be healthier for the market to have more, right? Uh, I just don't understand this loan approach. Like, are they trying? Are they yield farming here? Is that is that the idea? The loan approach, I have no idea what that means. They, from what I can see here, there are no details. Now, so interestingly, right, um, they acquired all of this Bitcoin, um, and the plan was to make UST also redeemable in Bitcoin, right? Yeah, that never actually went through, though. It never actually went through. And so maybe this is what they're sort of attempting to do in one large block trade, is selling their Bitcoin for UST. Yeah. Um, 
I, I don't, so they I don't definitely know. cleared all of the funds out from their wallets, um, but apparently they did not sell all of it. They sold some of it, um, but then they did not empty the whole treasury, allegedly. Um, yeah. Um, they are now letting it just kind of find a floating market price. Uh, um, in the midst of all this, Luna, the token itself, is getting completely crushed. It sure is. It was like 55% down yesterday. It um, sure was. It, <laughs> it's at like 25 bucks now. Yeah. Uh, which is just... Rid- oh my god, it's at 15. Wow, wait, you're oh hearing it live. Oh my god. Folks. So does it go to zero now? <sighs> it seems so... Dude, I, mean, I had like probably uh, 25% of my portfolio on Luna. Uh, I had a ton of Luna at one point. Oh my. No, I mean dude, like, this... like as of, you know, like when I bought it like a month ago. Oh shit. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Are you back holding that or what? Of course. No, no, uh, you're joking. Uh, well, what, what am I going to, what am I going to put it into now? Am I going to sell it when it's down from 55 to 15? Yeah. Oh my. I think God. I got in at 84 uh and now it's at 15. Am I really going to like forego like potential upside there and FOMO out? Like it just doesn't seem like that like that's not the way that like markets work, right? Yeah. Like this is pr- part of this is a liquidity story. Mm-hmm. Um and uh I I just think that the um I think that the like mint burn redemption mechanism is strong enough that UST will come back to a dollar. And I think that will be bullish Luna. Uh, I thought about swapping it for UST, but then I realized it was down 55% yesterday. So Mm. I don't know. I mean, uh, this is looking rough again. UST is breaking again. It's at 78 cents now. Um, okay. So we've kind of gone through this, uh, you want to talk about the conspiracy? Yeah. Oh, I love this conspiracy so much. Um, there is a thread by at 4484 that yes. is going through this. Uh, there are a bunch of threads on this conspiracy, but this is the one I have found to be the most comprehensive. Okay, here is how the Luna UST attack was coordinated and executed. Attacker OTC accumulated 1 billion of UST. Borrowed $3 billion in BTC. Spread around some FUD about peg and bank runs. Dumped the fuck out of $3 billion BTC on market to trigger wider panic. That's first tweet. Second tweet. <clears throat> this is what we were talking about earlier. 10 minutes after LFG pulled some liquidity from Curve in preparation for 4-pool, the attackers pounced. First, they cleared all liquidity from Curve, needed just 350 million UST to do that, then started dumping their UST on Binance, creating a small DPEG. Terra market module configured for 150 million daily throughout for PEG restoration would be enough if liquidity on Curve was intended 4 billion instead of the actual 350 million. People are in a small panic because BTC is tanking and small UST DPEG. So Luna Foundation starts selling BTC to restore the peg. Yeah, so this is what we're talking about where they sell BTC to buy UST. Yes, exactly. That's exactly what the attackers wanted because they've shorted BTC, according to 4484. Yeah. Luna Foundation is dumping BTC while the attackers are putting pressure on by dumping UST. The more BTC sold, the lower BTC tanked, increasing the panic. The more UST sell pressure, the attackers needed. Finally, people are mass panicking. Mass congestion hit the chain. Central exchanges suspend withdrawals. Shit hits the fan. Bank run on anchor. Stuff we were talking about. Luna Foundation and Jump likely realize what's happening somewhere in the middle of there. Somewhere in the middle of this, and they pause dumping the BTC. They let it burn. Um, now the peg is being restored manually by the market. There are rumors about big deals made in the middle of the night. All of this would not be economically viable if the four pool was live, because clearing the four pool alone would require $3 billion instead of $350 million. The timing was not a coincidence. So this all happened right when the Luna Foundation was clearing the three pool or the four pool or 
There's like a clearing, USC three pool. Yeah, exactly. Clearing the three pool, three pool to get ready for the four pool. Um, and so that's what led to this. Now, my favorite part of this conspiracy is everybody saying this was Citadel doing this. <laughs> Ken Griffin, man, this guy just doesn't quit. He's my favorite villain of all time. It's not even close. I'm actually like all in on him just embracing this villain role. I don't even care if this is not true. I've just accepted this as true. He's the super villain. He is the super villain. I love it. Now, we have some more details from Larry Cermak of The Block. This guy says, The details I have heard but might not be final. Jump, Celsius, and Jane Street are committed already. Alameda, not yet. Targeting $1 billion to $1.5 billion raise. 50% discount to Luna on spot with one-year lock, monthly linear vest over one year. Total of $700 million in commitments as of this morning. One thing to keep in mind is that this deal is not closed yet and is still in active negotiations. The terms now might be different and obviously some parties could still decommit. Would expect an announcement from LFG, Luna Foundation, in the next two days. And impressive interest is, is this high. So, yeah, they're seeking a billion dollars, more than a billion dollars to shore up UST. I don't think they will buy Bitcoin <laughs> with that. <laughs> That's my um, hot take here. Well, what, um, are, what, are the, what do you do with the dollars? I think you just... Uh, I, don't, I, I have no idea, actually. Uh, I think you buy UST, right? Yeah, that's that's what I'm thinking. Yeah. Burn um, Luna by UST. Or yeah. UST. Well, I think you take your dollars and you use them to buy UST on, like, oh, centralized on exchanges. exchanges. Oh, interesting. Okay, yeah. okay, okay, okay. Uh, like, short term, that's the issue here, is that UST, like, is below its peg. Yeah. Um, okay. And then they'll worry about Luna later. I see. Okay. Meanwhile, if you're one of the private parties like participating in this, mm-hmm. you acquire 300 million, let's say, of of Luna at a 50% discount with a 2-year lock. Mm-hmm. It's the first thing you do. You hedge it out. You hedge it out. Exactly. So, um I I wouldn't be surprised if like the the recent market dip is actually that happening. Mhm. Yeah, that um, makes a lot of sense. Because even if it you well, I guess it's not super profitable at this price for them to get in at a 50% discount to 25, which would be 12.5 if like it's down to 15, Mm -hmm. but it's still like locked, right? It's a locked profit. You can just kind of, you know, you, you could probably even borrow against just that position, uh, through like, like in, uh, in TradFi, you would be able to borrow against the fact that you had this locked-in profit right, that, right. that is like not coming due for another two years, but you, you you would be able to borrow cash against that if you need cash on your balance sheet for some mm. reason. So yeah, your money's locked up, but it's a locked-in profit, um, and you can get some liquidity like in the meantime, too. Now the real question. At $16.47, Terra Luna, bullish or bearish? Well, bullish, obviously. Yeah, I was going to say, dude. <laughs> this man, is not I'm that man. degenerate. I, I, I really actually think uh, bullish, man. You want to um, buy some now? Yeah, like, dude, 16 is not a bad price. If Jump and Alameda are getting in at 1250, I'm down to buy at 16. Yeah, that's true. That's, uh, you know, like, that's way better terms than we've been getting on every other token. You yeah. Know, we've been getting Alameda gets in at 25 cents and we get in at $4. Yeah, exactly. Uh, okay, so. Now, this leads into the real big discussion of, do you think an algorithmic stablecoin can work? Yeah. You do? Do you think Luna, do you think UST will come back and actually be a player long-term, a dominant player? I do. I think that, um, I think that the only risk is that, uh, like, there is legit not enough liquidity in the Luna market. That is what's going to kill this, right? If uh, if we if Luna loses all of its bidders, right, um, then it's going to like then then you'll have an issue where you can no longer effectively redeem large amounts of UST and and to mint Luna and sell that in the open market. This is my thought earlier today that Luna is going to one dollar. One that- is. 
enough, I believe. Uh, uh, like, depending on the ratio of market cap of like UST to Luna. Yeah. Right? Like, I, I do think there's an issue where, you know, it's not even necessarily that it needs to be like market cap of Luna. It needs to be like, how big is the bid at a dollar, right? Is it big enough to, you know, to the point where like people could burn 18 billion worth of UST if they wanted to? Do you see what I mean here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get what you're saying. Like the bi- the big threat is that you can no longer like do this mint burn process. Right, right. That's the uh, that's the Achilles heel of this Luna like UST protocol. Mm. And if you know, and so like that that's that's the thing that would cause it to break, right? Uh, this it's not like. Like anchor offering twenty percent yield doesn't break Luna UST. So as long as it, Luna UST is like, is there enough literal zero bid liquidity? Yeah, exactly. Uh, like literal, literal zero. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, or just like less than the UST, uh, like the the amount of UST that people want to burn and sell yeah. in the market. Uh, hmm. Okay, buy Luna. This is not financial advice. <laughs> uh, I mean, do you think it's like actually though? What 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 are the odds you think right now uh, on Luna going to zero on on UST hitting a dollar ever again? I think it'll hit a dollar. I am not bullish on the Luna token though. I don't think that this kind of burn mechanism will work you know i think the ones i don't know man i like really i think maker dow is kind of the more long-term sustainable winner here uh so yeah i mean maker rallied yesterday it was up yeah. like 12 percent or something yeah but uh like maker is not a viable algorithmic stable coin option either right because it requires demand to like borrow against yeah. against ethereum right uh we were like with ethereum as collateral so maybe uh, i'm just USDC. bearish on algo stables in general well i guess most a lot of makers like treasury is now or you know backing is, is now usdc usdt mm-hmm. uh really the the core question and so like if you borrow against that like it's not a big you know it's not like you're taking on a huge amount of market risk mm-hmm. uh obviously nobody involved in maker likes that because they don't like having you know, having their algorithmic stablecoin backed by a, you know, of course, by, by a centralized, by a centralized stable stablecoin. Yeah. yeah. Um, but Dude, you know, we're so gonna have to do a stablecoin episode. It turns out. Oh man, this sucks. Oh no, we're we're not doing. Okay, that. perfect. Thank it, God. It, that's that's the biggest bull signal I've ever heard. We're doing a stablecoin <laughs> episode. <laughs> oh man, yeah. Uh, Literally yeah, be like, anything. It's the I, bottom. I mean, it, there there is a question here, right? Which is that, like, what in the world where UST goes back to a dollar that you're painting out? You're you think it'll go back to a dollar, uh, and Luna doesn't go up. Uh, like, uh, I'm trying to trying to rationalize like why that would be the case, um, and it just means that there's no demand for UST. Yeah, I think the reason that it'll go back to a dollar is because these big VCs and groups like Jump and Alameda will come in and support it because that's one of their biggest bags. Just UST itself. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. At what point does it become throwing good money after bad, though? Like, you've got to imagine these guys have risk departments that are like, guys, we can't size this bet up anymore. See, I don't know at what point that is. I think for them, it's like how much? What, what is three hundred million dollars for jump? Like they don't care about that, you know. It's like let's write a check. They did that I mean, for yeah, wormhole. Yeah, the first three hundred, right? But if it takes yeah. nine hundred more, <clears throat> yeah, I don't know. At what point do they let it? You know, because because I I think for like, okay, let me ask you: Would you ever use UST again? Yes. Really. Yeah, absolutely. In fact, I would prefer to use UST if like the if the liquidity were there, like I would use it as my primary stablecoin. Really? Even yeah. now. Uh, you know, once it goes back, but yeah. Yeah. Uh, huh. in fact, Interesting. in fact, I I like thought hard about buying a bunch yesterday when it was down at like 0.65, yeah. but uh, I mean, but it's I just 0.7, already, now. already lost so much money on Luna. <laughs> it's hard to, you know, like it's throwing good money after bad. Mm. Uh, yeah, because look, here's the thing. 
Um, uh, I don't, you know, like, I don't like the idea of centralized stable coins. I really don't. Uh, Damn, bro, this is a big 180 for you. Uh, what? <laughs> I feel like you were all in on USDC before. Uh, I'm in on Circle if they ever actually manage to, like, get get SPAC acquired or whatever. I think it's, yeah, a, yeah. it's a great buy. Uh-huh. But, um because of its business model, right? Like it's just, it's effectively like running a market, a money market fund. Um, and, but it's, you know, got crypto exposure. So crypto goes up, the stock's going to do well. Crypto goes down because of bonds. Well, it still collects yield. Right. Um, and so, you know, it's earning money in the, in the money markets. And so it's, you know, it's exposed to the changes in rates positively as well. Uh, like it'll earn more interest similar to a bank, right? Uh, if interest rates go up, it'll it'll earn more interest on its like uh, underlying USD. Uh, I'm hearing sense. macro corner music coming. <laughs> oh God. Uh, okay, yeah, we've been I rambling mean, about uh, Luna for a long time. You have any final thoughts here? I'm scared. Yeah, <laughs> I would be... really like to see this project not fail. Yeah. Okay. Look, personally, I would love for it to not fail. I took the upside of our bet where it's like 90 bucks a year from now, which is definitely never going to happen. But I think that it's starting to really look like a central bank, to be honest. Yeah. Where, you know, I don't like the fact that Jump and uh, who was it? Well, Alameda, maybe, but whoever the other group was, they're all coming in and just bailing it out, basically. You know, oh, yeah. I think just let it let the market decide where it wants to trade. Um, I don't know. Like yeah. you said, there will be a certain point where even they don't want to bail it out. And I don't, I don't know when that comes. I think it's been interesting to see the response so far. Um, Do you know anything about is this similar to the George Soros like UK? Uh, a lot of people thing? are making that comparison, but I don't know enough about that. Yeah, neither do I. Yeah. Uh, listeners. Next macro corner. Or, yeah, if there are any listeners still here, fill us in. Yeah. Okay. Second big topic. We'll keep this one way briefer because oh, that was 40 we go minutes. Into that, do you want to hear a really interesting thing? Yes. B Luna was trading at a discount to Luna yesterday. Oh, my like, Lord. Like a large discount. Like <laughs> So at one point, Luna was at, I think it was like 28, and yeah. B Luna was at like 23 because wow. in order to redeem your B Luna for Luna, and so each B Luna represents more than one Luna, uh, right? Because it's like liquid staking. It's like stake yeah. teeth, right? Uh, 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 in order to redeem it, it takes a month. Oh, I see. Okay. So people were... So the spread's pretty big, right? Because uh, people are... It's effectively, in the futures world, you would call it trading in backwardation. Where, okay, like, yeah. Know, where, like, you really don't get paid to hold this thing. Yeah, the future uh, is, like, trading below the spot. Exactly. Mm, interesting. Okay. Interesting. Next topic. Much more interesting. Okay. Azuki. Bullish or bearish? Let's check the price. It depends on the price. If it's a ten, <laughs> if it's a ten, I'm bearish. If it's at four, I'm bullish. Oldest trick in the book. Oldest trick in the book. Okay, what happened with Azuki, Matt? So, um, so the so Azuki, I've been like really like psyched about this project mm-hmm. for what like three weeks now ish, mm-hmm. which is a very long time, and that's yeah. an eternity in it's the an NFT eternity space. In NFTs. Um, and uh, and basically uh, the. Like, the art's really cool. Like, I think the vision's good. Their technical, like, talent is really good. Like, they're clearly very skilled at, like, yeah. smart contract engineering. And, like, they're doing interesting things with, like, with what they're building. Um, and the the style is very cool. It's the supreme of NFTs. It's the supreme of NFTs, for sure. Um, so, uh, like, the founder, I guess wrote a medium post it sounded mirror, kind of come on a mirror medium post. mirror article. <laughs> he wrote a mirror article so so first we should uh probably cover the fact that nobody on the team is doxxed right like yes. everyone is fully anonymous there is uh, uh, one person i think who is doxxed oh there's uh, a person who one is like head person who's doxxed who has like a bunch of experience from like disney or some kind some kind of background like that hmm. um but yeah the founder is not doxxed they just hired a new head of growth she's not doxxed they did bring in an advisor who used to be the CEO of like uh, some big company. I don't know uh, recently, hmm. but um, you can you can kind of tell just from their website, their artwork, things like that, that these are professionals doing this, right? Full professionals. Um, they have not, a careers page. You can yeah. work, there, there aren't like four people, I think now. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yesterday they. 
founder wrote this article called A Builder's Journey, where he's basically highlighting the fact that over the last year, he's actually launched three other projects before Azuki. Um, the Funks, the... Let's the, quick. Uh, the Funks were um, what, like a, a copycat of the Punks, where yeah. they where they face the other way. Yeah, exactly. This Very is the man behind the Funks. Yeah, this is the man behind the Funks. Then what? The Zunks? Uh, yeah, I didn't read about that about yeah, that uh, even a, a little bit. Yeah, uh, uh, just some other rando project. And then the Tendies. And then the Tendies, which um, are they basically look like shiny poop. Right? Yeah, uh, they're supposed to be chicken tenders. Yeah, uh, they're like this. The story is like the. Uh, I think like the apes get hungry or something like that. So this guy is like cooking them chicken tenders. So these things are called attendees. Um, point here being that he created all these things. He released them. Uh, a couple of them did not even mint out. Um, two of them did not mint out. Like only like 15% minted out or something like that. Wow. Um, and then he kind of just like left the projects be. One of them, there's this whole thing that... Uh, on Twitter, they talked about how it was kind of a woman-led project, and people were like, dude, you're a guy. Like, why are you talking about this being a woman-led project? Oh, my God. Um, then they clarified that this head of growth that I'm talking about, uh, Wiz, Wiz Wiz or something like that, she was the one handling the Twitter account and talked about it from her perspective, I guess. Um, Bullish. <laughs> Bullish. <laughs> so that all happened. People are claiming that he rugged all three projects because there was never really any follow-up on them. They basically just existed. Uh, nothing really happened after that. Uh, the art is kind of bad. All three projects, I think, were launched like within like a month or a couple of months. So they were all like, yeah, in quick succession. Uh, Zagabond, who is the founder of Azuki, who wrote this post, who all this controversy is about, um, basically said that he's experimenting, trying things on chain. You know, he's not like, you know, he basically tried stuff and it didn't work out. Like he didn't try to like mislead anybody. That was his uh, response. He came on and did this Twitter Spaces today with Andrew Wang uh, and WizWiz and um, brilliant move. Yeah, hor- horrifyingly bad move. Uh, this is one of those moments where it's like, dude, hire a PR team. I mean, uh, Azuki does tens of millions of dollars in like just resale revenue per week, right? Like they uh, can absolutely afford a PR they, team. I don't know if it's that much in revenue or that they've, they're or they've getting, done but like, yeah. Yeah, um, no, I, I think they get 5%. And yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they can definitely hire a PR team. Um it was a really bad uh, look, man. Like, he, you know, Zagabon, like, I thought he wrote the thing pretty well. Personally, I think, I, I don't really find these to be, like, rugs, really. Uh, the one thing I would say is he shut down the Discord and all the social media for one of the projects. Kind of questionable. The woman-led thing, like, I don't know, like, maybe don't need to mention that. Uh, not a huge deal to me. The other, The other projects, it's like, have they promised anything that they failed to no, deliver No, I don't on? think they really promised anything, right? Um, they were shitty projects. Like They maybe, were clearly shitty projects. Yeah, like, like maybe don't buy them. Punks, like, They're just like, on. yeah. Um, I don't know. To me, I kind of err on the side. Like, it, it back, this is kind of leads me back to the ICO thing, even in 2018. It was like, nobody forced anybody to buy anything. There was a lot of misleading stuff going on back then. Nothing here really seems that misleading. Um yeah, but like uh, a lot of these ICOs, when you go back and like click on their websites, like mm-hmm. the websites are down. They, yeah, they don't eat, like you know what I mean. Um, yeah, yeah. Like uh, taking down the website, I, I understand a little bit because like it costs you money to host it. Mm-hmm. Taking down the Discord is like, what are you trying to cover yeah. your tracks here? Yeah, taking down That's the social true. media is like a very similar thing. It's like you don't want people to be able to like contact you or or call you out on this. So you just take you just fully delete the account and then it's like it to me it almost seems like a psychological you know you you know if if there, if you were a scammer that's how you would keep your conscience clear right uh the, yeah those are, he changed his name that's the one thing that i found weird he released all those projects under one name and then he changed his Zagabond and created a zuki his response to this on the Twitter spaces was basically like, look, I was creating this new world, this new metaverse, like it's a new character for myself as well as like one of the characters in the world. 
I kind of get that. Um, I do think that there is a part of it, and he admitted to this on the Twitter spaces today, that he was basically preempting the fact that this all was going to come out anyways, right? Like somebody, somebody was actually know. threatening his family and friends and himself. And uh, like, yeah, he was getting all these threats. He didn't want to get them anymore. And so he basically put this out. And wow, so, under duress. Yeah, exactly. Andrew Wang asked him, um, you know, was that something that led to the timing of this? And he said, yeah, like I've been getting a bunch of threats. Uh, and like somebody found this out anyway. So he's like, I wanted to get this off my chest anyways, but um, the, it was uh, accelerated because of, yeah, all these threats. So. I don't know. I think, it, and to uh, kind of build off that, the price of Azuki, the floor price has gone down 50%. Um, basically, since he started talking. It <laughs> <laughs> yeah, was it like 18 or 19 this morning and yeah. hit like a low of like it's 10 like, or it's something? Right now, it's a 9.4. My goodness. Yeah, not great. Well, I could buy one of those, right? Yeah, exactly. We could just ape in right now. Yeah. Um, Any cool ones on the floor? Uh, there's they're, actually they're quite decent. a few yeah. Uh, decent ones. Yeah, yeah I don't yeah. mind them. Um, even the uh, this girl with the pink hair looks great. Yeah, um, I mean the art is really cool. I do still love the art. There's yeah. no question. Um, I don't know, man. What do you? What is your take on this whole Azuki thing? My take on this whole Azuki thing is that. Um, Let me ask you a more pointed question. What do these founders owe their communities? Uh, they owe whatever they promise, right? Yeah. So, like with MFers, you saw this where the guy was just like, "Look, this is art. It's uh, I don't even I'm not even claiming copyright over it, right? I'm not claiming any kind of like intellectual property here. This is art. Buy it if you like it, uh, and like use it for whatever you want to build on top of it. You know, uh, to me that that's what you have to do if you're going to just never create like uh you know if it's not a utility nft then like say that right uh and you know i don't have the facts here like i don't know what what was promised from the this guy's other projects but to me these are not concerning projects to have like discontinued support for right like these are like funks zunks and tendies yeah. uh i mean the, those are not blue chip projects. These are not like, it's not like they were saying we're going to build out a metaverse like the way every other collection does, you know. Uh, to me, this isn't super concerning behavior, but the guy on the Twitter spaces was so shifty about it. Mm -hmm. He really did not answer any questions directly. He tried to kind of skirt around the, the questions. He should, he should have just not done the spaces if this is how it was going to be, you know. Um, there are two things that can wreck you as a founder. Shipping and talking. <laughs> Don't do either. <laughs> now, see, Azuki, they had been shipping, yeah, right? No, uh, I, they, they'd been delivering on their roadmap. Yeah, um, now the shipping thing is tongue-in-cheek. The, the bigger issue here for me as someone who is considering buying an Azuki is like, eh, is this going to happen again? You're right, exactly. Like, What if this guy just leaves? Uh, or like if the whole team leaves, right? right. Like, What if the project has no support, has support discontinued for it? And, like, you know, they just never ship anything ever again. That wouldn't be great. Not great, yeah. But That's why the price is tanking. I don't know. What do you think? You think this guy was in the wrong here? Like, uh... I think, in general, I give people the benefit of the doubt. Unless it's something that's so clearly malicious that you just have to call it out. And with most of these things, like, I think he's just kind of... You know, experimenting stuff on chain. Um, I think it. You know, like, like we shouldn't disincentivize that, right? Like yeah. that should be that should be a thing that people do. Like this whole space is experimental, right? Uh, you don't like give people like if you want to build in DeFi, right? Like you start a protocol, whatever. Like it doesn't work out, you start another one. Like you know, if people like the vision and the experiment, like they'll, they'll back you. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, uh, we don't hold and like we hold NFT creators, I guess, to a higher standard. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't, I don't think that should be the case. Like this, this entire, you know, world is experimental. Absolutely. I think the one place where we don't want to go is where we're misleading people and not delivering on our promises. Right. I don't really think that was the case. Like, okay. Shutting down the discord, 
like okay here here's my thing you know you make something it mints out 15% of the full collection and nobody really rallies behind it it's a failed project you want to erase it from your uh history like on some level i get that man like you know i put out tweets that i delete that cuz i'm like fuck this i don't want this on my uh profile <laughs> um yeah, it's not, you know, it's like, I, it's a different thing because people have actually given you money, right? Um, but I, I understand the actions. I don't, I don't think that they're generally like the best, but I don't think this is a, like, this is a three-time rugger who's just out to kind of like screw people over. Um, yeah, and I mean, look, on this project, uh, like, the guy's incentives are aligned with continuing to develop the, the project and all of that, right? Like, mm-hmm. the team wants to sell more things for people to buy and sell the NFTs. Like, they, they make a lot of revenue off of the resales. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, it, you know, it's not in their best interest to walk away. Uh, and so now you have the kind of the aligned incentives the way you didn't have that in a 15% minted out project that like doesn't have any active listings anywhere for sure. And there's a lot of big people involved here, man. But the concerning thing is that Steve Aoki bought an Azuki today. So that means it's just going down. Dude, this is his second Azuki. Yeah, exactly. And he just buys the top every time. So I think we're in for a nice little Azuki bear market here. What about you, bullish or bearish? Uh, I'm I'm still super bullish because, uh, like like purely on the fact that the team has been shipping high quality code. Okay, I should rephrase: bearish for four weeks and bearish then bullish. Weeks. I'm bearish for about four hours. Okay, uh, I'm a buyer at five. Buyer at five ETH, and they're at yeah. what eight now? Four nine point four. It's two now. <laughs> <laughs> eight point nine five. Eight point nine five. Yeah. Hop in while you still can. Yeah, we might get there. <laughs> All right. The Emergency Podcast. You got anything else, Matt? No, nah, I think we handled it. Everyone's calm now, right? I think we've handled everything we can handle. Azuki is going to five. Luna's going to one. Uh, UST going to $20. <laughs> bear market, baby. This has been... An emergency edition of the Decent Podcast. We will catch you later this week. Till then, stay decent. Uh, None of this was financial advice, legal advice, investment advice, or any other kind of advice. Uh, If you're looking for advice, you are definitely in the wrong place. Uh, Until next time, stay decent.